The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, good afternoon and welcome again to another Transformation for Success show. This is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. This is Tuesday, your day for encouragement and empowerment. You know, my guest today is Dr. Soraya M. Coley, president of Cal Polytechnic University Pomona, who is celebrating her almost one-year anniversary as the president of this prestigious campus. You know, I'm going to share a little bit today about Cal Poly. It's uh, part of the 23 California State University System. And it has a special identity because of its polytechnic identity. So I want you to stay tuned as you're going to hear Dr. Coley's story of transformation and her journey to become the first African-American female president of California Polytechnic University at Pomona. You know, our show today is about a leader making an unprecedented difference in the community. You know, Transformation for a Success show is where you're going to hear how to make success work for you. We share with you listeners each week the compelling stories of successful men and women who've changed their lives by taking action on what they've heard, lived, or learned through their life experiences. So I'm here live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I want you to tune in each week. You know, callers, you're welcome to call in today with any of your questions and to join in the conversation with Dr. Coley and me. You can call the number 888-346-9141 or if you're calling internationally, 001-480-553-5754 and participate during our discussion today. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and you can access me also through these channels. We're live today on Facebook to take any of your questions or comments, uh, and you can convey them to me or to Dr. Coley. I also invite you to visit my website at info at transformationforsuccess.com. So, you know, today my guest and I are going to talk about, again, her journey of success. And Dr. Coley, is a woman I've long admired from afar. She probably doesn't know this, but <laughs> I am so excited to have her on the show today. I mean, she's sort of been my, 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 my mentor and idol that I've seen her progress uh, in many different roles. And I'm just happy that she's here today. You know, one of the things I learned about Dr. Coley before, and I'm introducing her, that she feels that a quality education remains one of the few pathways to social and economic well-being in a global society that we live in today. Her life's work 
of well over 25 years of academic and administrative experience has been dedicated to creating access and opportunity to those who are the least likely to afford that an education is possible. She is absolutely a woman, a woman of perseverance. I call it perseverance, passion, courage, and commitment. She's often referred to as a community-minded administrator. You know, before I bring her on today, I just want to do a little bit of background, and because each year, millions of Californians pursue degrees and certificates, or they enroll in courses to improve their knowledge and skills at the state's higher education institutions. Well, with California State University, for some of you out there in the listening audience might not know, it's the largest and the most diverse university system in the country with 23 campuses and approximately 448,000 students and plays a critical role in preparing the workforce of California. It grants more than one half of the state's bachelor's degrees and one third of the state's master's degrees. So a little side note too, more than 50% of California's teachers graduate from a CSU. And I just want to welcome Dr. Coley to the Transformation for a Success show. Dr. Coley, again, welcome to the show. And I want to give a little background about CSU and how, how you fit among these 23 campuses. So greetings and hello, hello. <laughs> hello, and thank you so much for this opportunity. I've really been looking forward to it, and I want to commend you on um, your commitment to sharing this message uh, across the uh, the airwaves and, and really having people think about and know that they can do it too. Well, that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show, because knowing of, of you in various capacities over the years, um, simply a, a, a marvelous opportunity for us to get to know one another better, as well as the listeners out there. Because again, you're a woman that I've always admired, a woman of purpose and passion and, and perseverance. I call it the three Ps, but you're yes. very powerful as well. So I want to get just jump right in and ask some questions about your background because I know you grew up in North Carolina and I've been to North Carolina yes, <laughs> a lot yes, as a matter of fact. Yes. So, so what was growing up in North Carolina like for you? Well, I grew up uh, uh, at the time that I uh, uh, I was born in uh, Wilmington, North, uh, North Carolina, and grew up in Goldsboro, and it was the legal legal segregated South, and mm -hmm. so I um, I didn't understand certainly as a child um, these legal um, boundaries. Mm -hmm. But I always had a um, community of support, uh, whether it be my family, my parents, and certainly um, my teachers instilled mm -hmm. within me um, that uh, I could achieve. They had high expectations. And so we certainly recognized that all along uh, people find themselves in circumstances that aren't necessarily of their own doing mm -hmm. and it's important that um, there be support uh, and, right. and support can come from all different walks of life and I had that and felt very uh, very blessed um, uh, by that. Now, did you come from a large family or a small family? No, in fact, um, I'm an only child. Uh, oh my my uh, father died when I was four, and oh. then my mother remarried, and uh -huh. my stepfather died when I was about 15, and oh. 
um, both of my both my father and stepfather were Southern Baptist ministers, and um, <laughs> my uh, stepfather was very instrumental in helping to desegregate uh, our um, uh, working towards integrating our community. So, so you grew up in a family that certainly had religious values, and <laughs> I'm sure were instilled in little Soraya very early. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I also, again, that sense of community. I early on understood that um, I'm embedded in an environment. I'm, I'm a, I, I should help to contribute to the well-being of the, of the community. Mm-hmm. And so in my role, I recognize I'm standing on the shoulders of all of the folks who've gone before me and that uh, they've helped propel me to this uh, to this position, and so my responsibility is to make my shoulders broad enough for others to stand on. Well, you know that's very admirable, um, Dr. Coley, because a lot of uh, people who are are you know only children don't quite have that perspective of really you know being expansive as you have been and helping and having that community spirit. So, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> did, what was your dream? You know, I think it's with so many uh, children. You have so many different, um, you know, the things that you see on television or around mm-hmm. you. Um, one of the things I wanted to be was a sports car driver. You're kidding me. And <laughs> I, I decided that I was going to race cars. And, uh, and again, um, I was told, well, you can't do that because you're a girl. And, um, you know, all along, I remember at one point, I started off wanting to just be able to pump gas because, you know, at that point, you had gas station attendants. And I can remember about three or four, and I decided I was going to pump gas. And they said, no, you can't do that because you're a girl. And uh, and so all along, I I then decided that I wanted to go into international relations, um, and I went to Lincoln University in Pennsylvania, and mm-hmm. I went to the dean uh, to let him know that I wanted to go into international relations, and he said, "Well, this isn't a field that's suitable for a woman." And so I um, found myself, in fact, in college, not quite because I was so determined uh, Mm -hmm. from the earliest point in my life that I really felt a part of a much broader uh, experience. I felt part of an international uh, environment. And uh, so I... Uh, decided ultimately to go into sociology, and uh, it was there that I learned, uh, you know, the, the person in the environment, the focus on systems mm-hmm. and how systems um, uh, can uh, intentionally and unintentionally impede or facilitate uh, progress. You know, it's interesting um, because you as an early early age, chose careers that were more male-dominated, uh, race cars, uh, pumping gas. And then, right. again, hearing when you went to college that you don't want to major in international relations because that's a male-dominated field. Do you mm-hmm. think that you were influenced by that to go into sociology, or was sociology an interest, or were you, you know, did you happen to navigate that way? 
Well, I think that uh, the way I ended up going into sociology, quite frankly, is I was taking an intro to social class because I, mm-hmm. had, again, had known that I wanted to go into international relations and, and mm-hmm. then felt a little um, uh, adrift, took an mm-hmm. intro to sociology class, and it was in that class that I learned that I was poor. Um, because uh, they were describing various um, features of what poverty looked like. Mm-hmm. And I can recall um, leaving the class and calling my mother back in North Carolina and asking her, Mama, do you know that we were poor? <laughs> and she was um, quite offended by me calling. She said, we may not have a lot of money, but we are never poor. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are rich in spirit. We are rich in love. We are rich in uh, the things that matter. And, you know, it it, it, it so really true. helped me to understand how mm-hmm. important the way we define things right. uh, can facilitate or help people to feel affirmed or non-affirmed. And it was there that I decided that the way we... I became very interested in research and how do we mm-hmm. operationalize variables mm-hmm. and our operationalization of those variables can depend upon uh, a particular uh, lens that we see the world through. Absolutely. And I decided particularly the, the way we define others, it's important that we be clear and, and, and very um uh, have have a, a broader context in which we define and examine others. And so that's what led me into sociology. Yeah, and that's very, very interesting. Uh, and having you segue, well, was that that class in sociology and then you majored in sociology, uh, learning about systems and how they operate, what did it motivate you then to pursue a career in education from that point? I mean, because you graduated and you go on to grad school. So what do you think it motivated you to pursue a career in education? Well, you know, I have always uh, felt that uh, people have come into my life that have been uh, important um, uh, I call them game changers. They've helped me to mm-hmm. move on a path that I wasn't always, it wasn't always clear that I was going to take that path. And so I mm-hmm. had one of my sociology professors said, you know, you should go to graduate school. Now, certainly I knew growing up in uh, in North Carolina, although my mother did not attend college, um, I knew that, uh, and it was very clear that education was critical. Uh, mm-hmm. All around us, it, it, it was uh, a continual um, uh, recognition that you do whatever you can to get a good education. And so my undergraduate professor uh, suggested I go to graduate school. I didn't know what graduate school was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't understand those pathways, and I I applied, went to Bryn Mawr, and Uh then upon getting my doctorate at at Bryn Mawr, um, my husband, uh, who was completing his MBA at Wharton, he'd taken a leave, a temporary leave from the Marine Corps, he was a Marine Corps officer, when he finished the Wharton degree, in fact, we graduated within one day of each other, and we were then stationed at Tustin, the helicopter base in Orange County. 
Uh-huh. And I that's what brought us to California. Oh, my goodness. And I had always, I taught uh, when I was back in, in Pennsylvania for a period. I was a faculty member at my alma mater at Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And I just recognized that what we do in higher education is just so critical and so important. I, I likened it to, and I, as I say to our faculty and staff here, our, one of our jobs is to provide a mirror up to our students and so that they can see the potential that we see in them. And it is right. that, that understanding, that recognition mm-hmm. of the talent and the skills and helping them to feel good and to recognize that they have a sense of purpose and can make an important contribution. And so that's what led me into um, into education. I had um, you know family members who had ties to mm-hmm. um, education K twelve, and so I think it was just a natural progression. That's wonderful. You know, um, you have given me a lot of thought here for our next segment. And right now we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back because there are some great questions I've got for you, Dr. Coley. So be prepared. Okay. (laughs) And listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you feel alone? Even when you're surrounded by others, do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Hi there, and welcome back to Transformation for Success with my guest today, Dr. Soraya Coley. And we're talking about her journey of success and how she's creating a new paradigm of leadership in education and what it takes to succeed as a female African-American leader in education. So before I went to break, we were talking about her educational background and some of her growing up, but she was mentioning she got married. And so I said, let's back up a bit because she went to Bronmer where she got both her master's and her doctorate degrees. So, Dr. Coley, I just want to kind of roll back a little bit <laughs> in terms of uh, when, when did you get married and, and how did that come about? And you were able to combine marriage and uh, education at the same time. Well, uh, we, I got married a second time in uh, 1979. I was married for a very short time with someone that I had met at my undergraduate uh, um, university. And, um, but uh, my husband of now 37, uh, going on almost 37 years, was my high school sweetheart. And uh, <laughs> we got back together after uh, 10 years. And unbeknownst to me, he kept in touch with my mother uh, all of those years. And my mother always uh, just always saw him as a, as a son. And so we uh, connected and got married, uh, as I said, in 1979. And uh, he was in the Marine Corps. And uh, he... And I was finishing up my doctorate at uh, at Bryn Mawr, and then uh, when he um, came back on active duty, he was uh, uh, stationed, as I said, in Orange County at the um, Tustin at the helicopter base as the uh, comptroller. And so um, he, we've been um, best friends. We've always been each other's uh, cheerleader and uh, and supporter. And so that's that's been a wonderful journey together. I uh, that's wonderful. You know, and I, I appreciate your sharing that with us today because I think it's so important uh, to talk about uh, females in leadership roles and a lot of times uh, and having a marriage. Uh, that is sustainable and that you have sustained. You know, I was just reflecting my husband, my husband who died six weeks ago and I were married going on 30, would have been 38 years in November uh, mm-hmm. of this year, November 18th. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a, it's really wonderful to have a best friend. He was my best friend and I, and I really miss him, but you know, we, we have to go on. But one of the things, um, my question is what, what sort of trials or challenges did you have to overcome? Because in this journey, as we all know, we, we have our challenges. So what outstanding or what challenge do you think that you would share with our listeners that you really had to fight to overcome to be where you are today? Well, I think um, you, you have to um, recognize that there are experiences, there are symbols, there are things, mm-hmm. there, there, there are um, things that will happen to you and at that moment in time, you have to to recognize that you have a choice as to how to respond to it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in, in a legally segregated environment, I remember mm-hmm. when, um, as a little girl, I wanted um, to always sit on the front of the bus. 
because I would would um, my mother and I would would get on the bus to to go and see my grandmother lived about uh, an hour and a half away, mm-hmm. and I would uh, just jump on the bus and on the first seat. And of course, as you know, you know in that period of time, mm-hmm. um, and you know this is many of your listeners may know in terms of his Rosa Parks and and others who were who had just decided you know I'm not going to go to the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mother had to make a choice at that point in time. Do I tell my little girl, my you know, four or five year old, that you can't sit on the uh, f- this front seat because mm-hmm. of the color of your skin? Mm-hmm. And she told me um, that well, we have games and books and we have sandwiches and we don't want to disturb the driver, so we're going to go to the back of the bus so that we can uh, read and so forth. It helped me appreciate those those situations in which oftentimes parents have to figure out, as you fast forward, there, there are symbols in society, there are ways in which uh, people will frame um, who you are, and you mm-hmm. have to decide that um, you, you have a reason to be here. You have a purpose. Right. And that whatever it takes, that you just aren't going to allow um, those um, barriers to, uh, to derail or define you from uh, or keep you from achieving uh, that sense of purpose. And so it, it, it is, it's, it's not as, it may sound easier than, um, uh, than it really is. Um, but certainly there are moments where you you can feel like you want to give up. There are moments in which you can feel that, um, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, why do I continue to um, battle with this? But I think that with each of those challenges, it provides you with a greater sense of, when you, particularly when you overcome them, I think it mm-hmm. just becomes a building box of resiliency and self-determination. At the same time, I think that it's also important for us who are in these positions to then help to um, cut down those barriers, to Mm -hmm. try and help people overcome many of these uh, these challenges. You're so right, Dr. Coley, because... Um, some people, you know, we do know that there are categories, and I don't like to categorize people, but who take challenges and they allow them to defeat them rather than to overcome them and see them as a stepping stone and change their paradigm to see this as something not to defeat me, but something to, to grow me, to, mm-hmm. to actually have you grow. So I, I, I really admire you for, for making that statement and making it clear. It wasn't easy for you, uh, mm-hmm. nor is it easy for any of us, but those who are endure... <laughs> Oh, I tell you, the trials and the tribulations will overcome. So did you ever uh, dream of becoming a president of a university? Because I know with your background, and I'll share with the listeners, because you rose through the ranks as a faculty member, and then mm-hmm. you became department chair, mm-hmm. a dean of the, of the unit or, or the uh, area, and then provost at a, a CSU campus. So all the while... Do you think in your mind you were being prepared for the role of being a president? Did you recognize that? 
<laughs> yeah, I really did. I, I did not, and, I, and I've said in other uh, settings that, um, you know, we, we come to our uh, positions in different ways, and there's some people, for example, who are born, and they, they've said, I'm going to be X one of these days, and they mm-hmm. are just very focused, very, um, very clear about that. But mm-hmm. my path uh, wasn't as, as clear. Um, as you said, I, I was a faculty member, mm-hmm. um, and it was as a faculty member of uh, the president at the time, Dr. Jewel Plummer Cobb, who's president of Cal State Fullerton. Um, she had me um, you know, very involved in, in activities on the, uh, on the campus, and uh, she said to me that, you know, one day you're going to be a college president. I said, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> That's Jewel. <laughs> no way awesome. I'm going to, to do that. And then I had uh, another wonderful mentor, uh, Mary Kay Tetro, and, and, um, oh, yes. who was the dean at, at Fullerton and later became provost. And she said, uh, uh, you know, why don't you apply for this, uh, this dean's position? You, it is something that, um, you know, I think you're well suited for. Mm-hmm. And I had some uh, hesitancy, some anxiety, but I got support from other faculty and staff in the college and, and so applied and became dean. And she said, you know, one of these days you're going to be a college president. And so I oftentimes say to, to young people, you, you don't always know the direction that you're going to, um, uh, to follow, but what you, what you always want to do is to be prepared. So it's the intersection of an mm-hmm. opportunity presenting itself to your being prepared to take advantage of that opportunity. And all along the way, there have been others who have seen in me sometimes what I couldn't see in myself. And that then, uh, so I became dean and then um, became provost. provost. (laughs) And now president. uh, And president. Which leads me into uh, another question. Um, Mm -hmm. I I got so much I want to ask you, so I want to get it all in today. Um, Is that... You know, you talk about uh, Jewel Plamacob, and I knew her, and I knew Mary Kay Terralt, but these were powerful women, and they saw this in you, and you responded, because you have done very well, and Mm -hmm. in light of that, what do you think are some of the traits of women in leadership roles? Well, I think... um First of all, I think you have to be authentic. I think you have to be clear about uh, your values, who you are, and uh, it, it's that that uh, book, uh, Leadership from the Inside Out. Absolutely. And I think that that is um, it's critical. I think you also have to see yourself as um, working to uh, help inspire others to reach their potential. You know, when I went into leadership, my, my first leadership uh, position, Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I felt like I needed to have a beacon statement. I needed to have some some something that could focus uh, me in those uh, tough decision times. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, I formulated this when I became dean, and that is to remain student centered, mm-hmm. faculty and staff focused, and community minded. 
And that beacon statement said to me, remember that it's about the people. It's not about, uh, you know, certainly you've got to do budgets and you've Mm -hmm. got to do reports and and all of the other things that just come with with the work. But fundamentally, the work is about how did you add value to other people's lives? How did you help to enrich and help them to achieve uh, their uh, their goals and, and their purpose? That's wonderful, because what you've just coined is a lot of things that we talk about, and I do talk about younger women with this, about what I call a personal credo. You must have a personal credo, and uh, all mm-hmm. the authentic, and having knowing who you are is so important, and what you value. And being able right. to, to share that with other people, be able to disseminate that to people, so they understand and know who you are, and what you stand for, and that you've done, Dr. Coley. What are some of the character traits that you think will serve a female leader, or any leader, well, mm-hmm. because the character traits are different from what I call leadership uh, roles. Right. I think integrity is is mm-hmm. certainly um, fundamental. Um, when you are in leadership roles, um, you you want people to trust. Absolutely. And part of trust is how do you demonstrate in through your decisions and your day-to-day actions um, what you stand for. And so I think having integrity and having a sense of um, something grander than your than yourself that um, you know as I assume this this the role of president mm-hmm. um, what I've appreciated is that it's about the presidency it's not about me as just the president it is mm-hmm. how do I uh, make sure that um, this um, uh, the presidency is held in the highest uh, regard, and that means how do I carry uh, myself? It's also, I think, when you talk about the character, um, it is about um, compassion and empathy. I think yes, that we have mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes uh, we've been challenged about how to be empathetic. Uh, mm-hmm. In, in, you know, if people that you may not know, there's something happening in that person's life, and is there some way that you can, um, you know, touch mm-hmm. or inform a smile, a hello? It's, it doesn't have to be uh, something, uh, something big. I think it's also important to um, be accessible. Um, nowadays, yes. uh, people want to, um, to have that sense that, um, you value their contribution and that you, um, uh, and that you can, uh, engage in ways that, mm-hmm. um, help people to feel, uh, affirmed. And so I like, I'm, I'm a, uh, walking around kind of, um, uh, leader. Because I think it's important to to be able to hear and, and keep in touch with what is uh, what's happening. That's great. So you do the MBWO management by walking around. I like that. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. And uh, you know, and honesty and integrity and empathy. I think those are the kinds of things that. Um, and and I think one of the one of my favorite. Um, quotes is by Mara Angelou that says that you cannot practice any other virtue consistently without courage. 
And that, I think, is, is the underpinning of, of what I do because you, you make hard decisions. You sometimes feel like you're, you're swimming upstream, but it is that, uh, that courage that helps you to do that. And, you know, as president, you know, I'm reminded of what sat on Harry Truman's desk, the buck stops here. <laughs> so making exactly those tough right. decisions. Exactly Although right. we are, we know, in a consensus building environment in education, but right. ultimately the final decision rests with El Presidente. Now, right. one, of the, one of the things I wanted to talk about and, and just sort of discuss a bit, because this, this just really resonates with me, because, you know, when I talk with women leaders in particular, and I've interviewed a number of them time and time again, we find women are excluded still today from leadership positions due to gender bias and stereotypes. And it affects how women leaders are perceived by others and how even women and our young girls recognize their own leadership abilities. And probably it's going to be one of the, I think, ongoing major debates in our upcoming president's election for next year. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, because what I'm finding, Dr. Coley, and you know this too, more women are attending college now more than ever. Right. Um, and yet they account, when we start looking at education, they account for about 26%, my last count, of college and university presidents. That's right. throughout the nation. And I had, a, I had a conversation with a colleague of yours, and I wanted to actually have five of you presidents, female presidents, because the first time, and I have to publicly applaud uh, Chancellor Tim White, because we have more female presidents within the California State University system and its 23 campuses than ever before. This says something about his ability to empower women. But it also mm-hmm. tells me that while we're, we're certainly accomplishing uh, great goals in getting more women in leadership, share with me, what do you think that we need to give to a message, a message to women, in particular African-American women, who might be aspiring to become a college president? What would you advice would you give them? Because like I said, we're, we're still lagging behind. Well, I think it's, it's important that you hold that, uh, that dream, that, that goal. You know, a, a person that doesn't have hope um, is one that uh, will oftentimes not make the right uh, choices because they don't think that it will make a difference. And so it is uh, maintaining those goals and um, uh, trying to connect with and network with individuals who you can, uh, it may not be the formal mentoring role, but the informal mentoring role. Okay. And learning as much as you can, asking the questions and asking for, uh, for help. Putting yourself in positions that you are clearly, your talents and, and strengths are clearly, um, uh, recognized. I think that I have been fortunate to have, um, both, uh, male and female mentors who have encouraged me, who said, you know, why don't you, uh, do this or why don't you do that? And I've taken their, um, you know, their advice. I think that you certainly, and, and it goes without saying, that you you need to prepare yourself. One of the things that I say um, to um, 
uh, uh, to women uh, who are just starting out administration. I said, know your budgets. Get in deep into your budgets. Understand mm-hmm. how the resources are going to be used to achieve the goals mm-hmm. that you have for for the organization. You know, there's still so many um, uh, barriers out there, and you have to recognize, recognize. It's not that uh, to say that it is that it's easy, but mm-hmm. rather recognize. But don't let that barrier be the defining. Um, uh, moment in your uh, in your life, there are always detours, and you just have to stay uh, stay focused. You know, the, the other thing that for me has been so um, essential is faith. Um, oh, I yes. recognize that um, you know sometimes I can't see around the bend, but mm-hmm. I I walk in faith, knowing mm-hmm. that. Um, those things that come into my life, um, they're for me to learn, even the painful moments. There's something for me to learn, something to but learn, not right. be deterred. I was kind of chuckling because I said, you can't tell me that a four-year-old and, and a 10-year-old uh, can't, you know, growing up in a household with two Southern Baptist, with Southern Baptist ministers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have faith as the cornerstone for her life. And that's laudable. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break because I have more important questions for you, Dr. Coley. So just sit okay. back, relax. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. So listeners, stay tuned because we're going to now talk about her year as president at Cal Poly Pomona Polytechnic. Okay. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get ready to experience a more fulfilling lifestyle. Tune in to Direct Connect Empowerment with host Fee Mazanke. The show will feature guests who have changed their lives by using the Direct Connect coaching program or have worked with the same concepts that this program offers. By hearing how others have been transformed, you will be inspired to move forward. Direct Connect Empowerment with Fee Mazanke can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Hello there, and welcome back to Transformation for Success with my guest today, Dr. Soraya Coley, President of California State University Polytechnic, Pomona. And we're talking about a leader making an unprecedented difference in the community. So we're now in the segment, Dr. Coley. We're sitting here, uh, it's almost a year now, about to celebrate what has been a great year for you in this role. So I want to just talk about some of your accomplishments. And one, I, I'm going to put, put this out there really quick because, you know, we've heard so much about STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. But tell us about your introduction of STRAM, S-T-T-R-A-A-M. And what does that mean? Well, in fact, it's... <laughs> The STEAM is S-T-T-E-A-A-M. And what what I was uh, focusing on is as I came to the university, and certainly um, the the STEM, as you you noted, is uh, an area in the country that we really need to have many more uh, individuals uh, pursuing. And as I looked at the strengths and the um, the things that really uh, distinguish Cal Poly Pomona, certainly uh, the the science and certainly the technology. We we have uh, just outstanding programs in those areas, but we also have. Many people don't know this that we have one of the top rated um, programs in tourism. So that's the second T. Wow, and I know a lot of people uh, don't know about that. Yeah. Right. And sure. so hospitality uh-huh. management tourism is mm-hmm. um is a growing uh, industry and we have it's an outstanding uh program. And then engineering, as you mentioned, uh one in every fourteen engineers uh in California is a Cal Poly Pomona um uh graduate. And then uh, we have A for agriculture. We that is in fact our legacy college. And agriculture, as you may or may not know, it, you know California, uh, that is a major um, uh, contrib- uh, uh, area of contributing to the economy. And every mm-hmm. society needs to be aware of uh, of how it's going to feed its population. And the second A is for the arts. We are a uh, one of the few Steinway campuses in the country, uh-huh. and uh, we have just outstanding uh, program uh, in the arts. And then the final uh, letter M is for mathematics. So that's what we've we've said. It's uh, STEAM. I like that. Uh, yeah. Science, technology. Tourism, engineering, agriculture, arts, and mathematics. That's wonderful. Now, for the listening audience, too, tell us about CSU Pomona's polytechnic identity, because I keep saying polytechnic, and I'm not sure everyone knows the polytechnic identity, its core values, and how Cal Poly prepares graduates for success, because you've already said one out of 14 engineers in the country are Cal Poly graduates. Correct, and I think, and and this is one of the um, um, the features of the university that was so attractive, and that is that we um, our theme, our educational philosophy is learn by doing. So we want students 
to not only to have um, grounding in theory, but we also want under the uh, observation and supervision of faculty Mm -hmm. to be able to apply that learning in very defined circumstances. So whether or not it's working with faculty in on research, mm-hmm. and again, we're talking about the undergraduate level, so whether right. or not it's working with faculty in research, mm-hmm. working out in the community, working on projects, it provides students with just an incredible um, uh, opportunity to test out these theories and to put in practice what they are learning. And one of the things that I I will ask the students, um, tell me, give me an example of how you have failed. Now, when I ask that question initially, they'll say, well, I haven't failed a class. And I said, absolutely, I do not want you failing classes. But what I do want you to do is to use this college experience as an opportunity to test out theories, to try things that didn't quite work and you learn from it and you you will try again because as you um, are well aware that Mm -hmm. the nature of work is really changing. Uh, Students who graduate uh, today will have on average seven to eight job changes before they retire. So Mm -hmm. it means that you need to be adaptable you need to be able, you need to be resilient, and you need to have the confidence that you can succeed in the environment. And we want to uh, help students to acquire that and to get these these lessons of, of constantly testing and, and having a continuous improvement uh, uh, philosophy. So we have about 24,000 students. And uh, it's just been a phenomenal um, experience. I've enjoyed really getting to uh, know um, the the students, but also the faculty and staff are amazing. Mm-hmm. They care genuinely about the students. Well, you know, I'm so happy you're there because uh, I've been with the system, as you very well know, for quite a long time, and knowing that all your predecessors were males. And so to see... Uh, an African-American female come in to this system and at Cal Poly Pomona in 2015, and here we are almost at 2016 at a year, almost a year celebrating your being there. Tell us, what what do you think has been, uh, this is probably not a fair question, but I'm going to ask anyway, <laughs> what has been uh, most satisfactory for you uh, in your life experience? Um, I think that the um, the satisfaction is is really uh, knowing that um, you've you've contributed an added value mm-hmm. um, that you've seen and and done whatever you could to um, help someone else um, move forward. You know, I can never repay those elementary school teachers, those junior high, high school teachers that saw something in me. You know, we didn't have the books or the or the microscopes or whatever, but there was a, an investment in my success. I can't go back and repay Ms. Bland or Ms. Atmore, but I can pass it on. That's and I think so that's where I, I find most satisfying and being in higher education um, is 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 so fulfilling 
because it helps change people's trajectory for their success. And I think that that's what, uh, when you talk about on your program, transformative experiences, this higher education is a transformative experience. And I think that we want students to leave with that understanding, not only of a quality education, but they've learned how to learn and that they see how they can make a contribution towards the advancement of not only their community and their families, but also society and, in fact, contribute globally. Well, you know, Dr. Coley, I really want to thank you for taking time from your very busy schedule to be with me on the show today. And I just want to share with the listeners, I'm deeply appreciative, truly, from my heart, all of the work you have done and you're doing to help students see beyond their current situations and, again, the potential for using their talents and skills. And you have so eloquently stated today your heart and what in helping others and to empower students. And I understand, uh, but not only just students, but faculty and those who are around you, because Cal Poly has a great staff and a great number of professionals. And I want to say congratulations to all of you out there for helping Dr. Coley in her ventures to make Cal Poly an outstanding university for all students. I understand that one of your credos you state, as I close the show, is that success is at the intersection of opportunity and preparation, and you yes. believe in being prepared and excellent in all that you do, and that you do, Dr. Coley, very well. And I want to wish you much more success. Happy holiday season to all of you out there, and thank you for listening to the show today. I know you've enjoyed hearing from Dr. Coley, President of California State University Polytechnic, Pomona. So be encouraged out there. Be happy, be humble, be joyful. This is the season to be joyful. And thank you. God bless you. I'll see you next week. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.